Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is first place, Big Kurt. (laughs) Big Kurt, you on Twitter? Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, downloading the podcast, and sharing the podcast, because this... Is the 100th episode of the Eyes on Big podcast. Yeah, and you know what? We have really seen a spike recently, like in in, in listenership and downloads. Which is, maybe part of it is, you know, a lot of podcasts just, they switch to basketball or, you know, people that's that are point. hungry for Big Ten football because that's, you know, mostly what they care about. We've still got some content that we're putting out there. But thank you for everyone sharing and, and, and recommending our podcast. Yeah. Appreciate that. Um, I don't think we're going to wax poetic here too much because I think that will be, you know, grandstanding a little bit. But uh, so hopefully this comes off as appreciative more than braggadocious. But um, I mean, I can still <laughs> I can still remember when we first started the idea of mm-hmm. like getting a podcast going, it's not like we were, you know, the first person to think about getting a podcast going. Uh, it's the lore back tattoo of the generation. It pretty right? much is. That's the yeah. joke. Um, <laughs> but uh, essentially, uh, Kurt and I still travel a lot for our, our day jobs. Yep. And then we would talk when we would have, you know, extended travel periods. And uh, we both listen to podcasts. We listen to sports talk radio. And we both got ornery and annoyed with what we're listening because it was essentially pro SEC for the most part, anti big, um, and, and just annoying. And there was also kind of a void of of Big Ten coverage, like you know, across the board coverage. Yes. So if we've said this before, hopefully again, this isn't too redundant or anything. But we're like, hey, how about a Big Ten specific podcast uh, that we talk about? All four teams. Certainly, we're going to talk about the top teams like every other podcast does. And I think the general idea has worked because the numbers have gone up. And then um, we certainly have listeners from Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, you know, the top dogs in the conference. But we've had tons of listeners from the teams not named there as well. well. And we get feedback quite often saying, I enjoy hearing about Maryland and Rutgers. Right. Even we talk about. Maryland Rutgers. So that's that was the point of the podcast. Yeah. Um, and uh, yes, like anyways, like I still think of when I mean, the first time we got the equipment, Kurt did all the research. I just said, find out what you think you need to get. And, and I'll, I had I'll split it halfway. I had no idea. I was really just winging it. And like I even when I bought some of the equipment, I'm like, this is not going to work. Yeah, there's this, no this, way. This is this is a mistake. And the the device is like the size of a remote, like a beefy remote. That's why I was like, it and it this looks like it was made in it. like 1972. It does, man. It looks, it but looks it works ancient. great. It looks like something from like I would say the the mid 80s Bond series. You know, the the Roger yeah, Moore. Okay, the sure. Roger Moore. Roger, era. Yeah, yeah. Octopussy. <laughs> I think I saw that in the theater when I was probably way too young to see it. Octopussy. Uh, so, um, uh, but then, you know, you hit record the first time we hit record, we were smoked. We It would have been probably to this day the drunkest we've ever been recording a it's, podcast. Oh, it's definitely the drunkest we were, we've ever recorded. And uh, um, I always, I, I've like actually put time thinking about this even before we recorded the podcast because I feel like I'm much more amusing after I've had drinks, like I feel like I'm, funny. but then you realize you're not, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. 
And uh, my wife was stone sober and she was listening to it. We were replaying the podcast for her and we're drunk and she's not. And we're like, it's pretty good, right? And she's like, maybe, maybe don't drink as much. Yeah, maybe next pump time. the brakes. Just stop it a few, stop at three fingers of bourbon, you know? So that's one thing I've learned through this. Uh, you know, another thing I've learned, um, like I, when they uh, interview probably a politician or maybe it's it's anybody that's like on trial for something and they say they like misremember something or they don't remember saying it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think to myself, you know, that's BS. They, they remember saying that. I don't remember half the stuff. No. Like we could record a podcast on a Sunday and I could listen to it the next day. In a full third of it, I'm like, I, that's right. I, for, I completely forgot about that. I mean, that. if somebody ran into me that was a listener and said, you know, that one time when you said this about my team, I really disagreed. I mean, you could tell me anything, and I would believe that I said it. You <laughs> know? Isn't that weird? Yeah. I did not think that would be the case. I know. But, um, anyways, uh, we'll get into the housekeeping. Speaking of uh, other podcasts that annoy me. Um, there was one. There was an instance of that, so it'll, we can talk about that. Or unless you want oh, to talk okay. about it right now. Well, I wanted to. I'm actually going to give you a, a gift. Yeah. A, a 100th episode gift. I just finished this book, so I wanted to pass wow. it on to you. It's a it's a fun read. It's a good read. It's by a guy that I've been following for a while. He has his own podcast called Let's Get Weird, but he's also he's got um uh, a blog called TheSportsBank.net. Um, he's from, he does some SB nation work. He's, he's, uh, more of a, like a Chicago centric okay. reporter, but he's been in, um, he's been, so Paul Banks is his name. He's been in, uh, sports media for like two decades now. Okay. And he's actually a grad of university of Illinois. It was at the nice. same time as me, but I All didn't, right. I didn't know him. I just kind of found that out later. So it's called no, I can't get you free tickets. So Thanks, this is, buddy. this is your gift. Thanks man. And it's a good read. There's it's real short little excerpts, you okay. know, real short chapters. So okay. you can pick it up at any time, put is it that, down at any time. Is, is that, uh, directed at me because you think my intention span Wait, is I mean, you know, I, goldfish Okay, like. that was a subtle little jab right there. <laughs> the funny thing is that is perfect timing because uh, the Greek wife and I just booked a trip. We're going to get away for the weekend, I and it's a beach type of atmosphere. My favorite thing to do on a beach is to actually just read a book. So It's a page you turner. Could, you, couldn't have, you couldn't have timed that. Thanks, man. I appreciate yep. that. Yep. I got you nothing, the, so I feel horrible. I like nothing. But I will buy you a drink later tonight. All right. Because uh, – Deal. Uh, the Greek had a get out of jail free card, which happens very rarely. Yeah, about so, once a year, probably, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to some housekeeping, eh? Cool. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping. All right, first of all, uh, coaching news Penn State defensive line coach Sean Spencer has left for the NFL. And you're saying this is a pretty big deal, right? Yeah, I think he uh, like we we don't always go over every single coaching change. I usually that don't happens. mention positional coaches. Yeah, usually, usually it's got to be OC and DC, but um, this is a bit. This is a big one, and then it's it's a very well loved and respected coach by both the the fans and the players on the team. Um, the other part of it too is is you know Penn State is poised to do big things in 2020. I mean, sure. I have seen that. Expectations are huge. Right. And I'm, I'm not hearing that just from Penn State fans. I'm hearing it from national media. Yeah. So lots of lots of staff shakeups for a program that's getting ready to yeah. do that because you got, you know, new OC and Kirk Shiroka, new O-line coach, new wide receiver coach mm-hmm. as well. Now you could make an argument that both OC, O-line, and wide receiver all could have used some new yeah. blood. Yeah. I think so. But uh, D-line coach, they did not want to lose the D-line coach. I no. don't know. It's, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that shapes up. All right, moving on to some transfer portal news. 
Rutgers wide receiver Mohamed Jabi has entered the portal. Um, that that surprised me. He's yeah. a pretty athletic dude. Had that really nice touchdown catch against Illinois. IU quarterback. Oh no. What do, I feel like we should have like a memorandum. I know. I, Quarter- did, I wonder if he will stay in the Big Ten. Is I'm wondering too that he would stay in the Big Ten East. Boy, a team that could really use a quarterback. Are you thinking about Sparty? You're thinking Sparty. I Boy, don't know. that's just a thought. Yeah, he would do well at Sparty. I mean, it it would be, I think, a step up. Definitely an experience for anybody they got. Absolutely. I mean, right now we got Rocky that is yeah, looking I mean, like the most experienced uh, quarterback on the team. That's quarterback room point. not looking good. Yeah, that'd yeah. be interesting. I don't, I'm just, I have no idea. Hmm. I'm just throwing that out there. But yeah, when I heard that, I just said, yeah, say, I mean, say it ain't so, Peyton. Say obviously, so. Peyton has been a beloved player on this podcast absolutely we've tipped our hat to him about sticking around yeah maybe we threw too much love out there for him and and this is what happened. yeah we kind of got mud on our face now after bragging about him staying how great it was that he's staying but uh i think the general thought process and i i'm assuming he felt the same way too is that michael Penix will be the starter next year so i assume what happened was tommy said by the way you're number two on the depth chart entering spring and that probably is what set him off. Don't something, you think? something like that. Yeah, yeah. But they better hope that Tuttle is good. The, their other quarterback, Jack Tuttle, the transfer from Utah, because Penix has not been able to stay healthy. And you know, don't this doesn't. Yeah, and that's a great point. I mean, the one thing I would say is this isn't necessarily the most negative thing you could say about Tom Allen. Maybe Tom Allen gave him the opportunity. Yeah, that's true. Like, it, there's two ways to look at that glass yeah. half empty at full okay. field. Okay, so speaking of IU, offensive tackle Coy Cronk, I think we had mentioned he was in the portal. He is now at Iowa. Yeah. Officially Ble- enrolled at Iowa. Blew my mind. I mean. Me too. The, the And how it went down, it's like so, like, you know, sneaky, dark night type of stuff because all – uh, uh, somebody found him on the student registry. I think it was college football rankings. Who was? Who's no, it wasn't. I it wasn't. With, okay, I, I checked with him. It was somebody else. Um, okay, but uh, I, th- I think it was like a committed Iowa beat writer. I can't think. Gotcha. Of him, but, okay. Um. Yeah, he was already in the football complex where I have. I, I'm just curious how that stuff goes down. So. Yeah, but it sounds like, believe it or not, as a captain and. Would have been, well, essentially this was his fourth year. He, he ended up redshirting. But he was falling back on the depth chart yeah. behind Matt Bedford and Caleb Jones. So I guess he just wants to play. And his, the position he played the most at Indiana was left tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, left tackle is locked down with Larry Jackson right now. So okay. one would think. Move inside maybe? Moving move, Well, inside. But I, I I thought the part of the thing is he didn't want to play guard. He wanted to play yeah. tackle. So I think one he would, would ha- think that would mean. I don't know. Some some dudes have an issue moving left to right. Yeah. It's it's the proverbial wiping your butt with your left hand or right sure. hand. You're typical most people they got their one way they want to do well, it. Well, like Costanza couldn't make a move with his left hand. That's, Remember that? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he kept Same trying thing. to sit on the right side yeah, of the girl. Yeah. yeah. All right. So moving along here, Maryland running back Lorenzo Harrison has medically retired from football. Sorry. Yikes. Poor poor Maryland. Yeah. They they can't catch an injury break or just any break in general any break you know true all right here's some more sad iu news crimson quarry at crimson quarry on twitter crimsonquarry.com on sb nation has announced that he may be retiring from the site and of course we have no idea who this person is well there's there's like he could be 19 he could be 49 i I mean anywhere in between i mean my guess is he's around 30 okay 
So there's like three writers for Crimson Quarry. Kyle, Jacob, and I can't remember the other. Matt, I think, is the other one. And I don't know who the lead guy is. I think it's Kyle, though. I just know they've had a very dry sense of humor. Oh, the sense of humor is amazing. Yeah, very much on Twitter. Like it's, it's, it's punchy but positive. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. but also st- self-deprecating. They that's yeah. They love and that's what people like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's a shame. I hope he sticks around. But I guess he just he's he has a real job. You know, right. imagine that. Right. Okay. CBS is reporting that the Big Ten has publicly endorsed a one-time transfer without penalty rule for the NCAA. They're basically telling the NCAA, we approve this, we would like this to happen. Yeah. I I, I bet the thought process was, <clears throat> this is the way it's going anyways. Let's just be the first one out in front of it. Yeah, the Big Ten always tries to be the groundbreaking conference. So. Well, when it works, it works great for them. Yeah. Hence I mean, the Big Ten Network. I'm totally against it, but... You know, that it is moving that way. So there's only five sports that don't allow you to play right away. Right. It's basically all the ones that create revenue. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting to see how that goes. So, you know, speaking of, so that, that kind of goes back to Kevin Warren, right? Like, yep. he's been pretty quiet. It has been quiet. Don't you think he would make like some kind of, he'd want to be out in, in the public eye? Maybe he's just kind of still learning through the job once before he, you know, does anything big. But he he does like suspending people. We've already learned that. Yeah. Suspended Alan Griffin from Illinois and uh, Brad Davison from Wisconsin already. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a punch in the nuts to the Badgers. Yeah, good one. I like that. Mm-hmm. So so that's uh that's it for housekeeping. Okay. Um, this isn't so much housekeeping as is just a quick uh, point of topic because it kind of. Fits along with the theme of the podcast that we talked about before, um, but I was listening to a different podcast. I, I'm i not going to name the podcast, not because I'm trying to be sneaky. I'm just, I don't know. I, I don't want to like call them out, but it's it's a different podcast. It's okay. a national podcast. And uh, they were talking about all the different coaching hires across the country. So they were going around the country and they were going by conference. Well, the conference with the least amount of coaching changes, I believe, is the Big Ten. We've only only had one coaching yeah, change, right. which yeah, is just Rutgers, right? at, at Rutgers. Anyways, the this person said, you know, wow, you know, great opportunity for Greg Shiano here, getting back to his roots. He knows the area. Okay, so far so good. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. He's making some good news. Like the vibes good around Rutgers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So far, so good. Agreed. I get that. Then they said, and it's a perfect time because the lower half of the Big Ten is so poor, and really even into the medium, the uh, uh, middle part of the Big Ten, lots of wins for Rutgers to get there. Nothing could be further from the truth. That <laughs> the the exact opposite is happening right now. And the other part of it is talking about the lower part of the conference that's struggling. So therefore, you can get some wins. One of those teams is Rutgers, right? So you can't win a game versus yourself. Sure, I'll give you Maryland. They sure. were nose diving. So there's a win inside your conference. But then well, now look around. Okay, Indiana, so if, Illinois. If you're Rutgers, you've got Illinois on the schedule. You know, maybe if you're looking at it a couple of years ago, you're like, okay, maybe we can knock off Illinois. But I mean, they're trending up. I mean, Purdue was down this year, but we know they're going to be trending exactly. back up. There literally is no team just about trending down. Maryland and Rutgers are the two that are, are struggling right now. And the, the rest of the and, and I mean, you would have to say Rutgers is trending up right now. Rutgers is trending up. And because, I mean, it was the proverbial can't get any 
lore, I think. Right. But there, but there's no doubt Shano's uh, pumped some energy into that program right now. I guess the only one you could say probably that's trending down. Well, you got Michigan State Michigan and State, you got uh, Maryland. But Michigan State, where they're at trending down is still above sure. Rutgers there's, trending there's up. There's a lot of trend that needs to I keep mean, trending. I mean, certainly to the point where you can't say, well, there's a, a win for Rutgers. Right. Um, the other side of it is, Tying this back to to Mr. Warren, the new commissioner, do you do you think Greg Schiano has figured out a way to like figures like what his schedule is Warren's schedule to just try to bump into him and say, hey, do you think we could go to an eight game eight conference oh, schedule like now? Yeah, because you want to talk about somebody that wants to schedule four wins out of conference. Greg Schiano would be the first in line. Oh yeah, there, I would think absolutely. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I thought I thought I found that. Interesting. Just another chuckle and shake your head as you're driving down the road listening to a different podcast. So speaking of stay on the topic of Kevin Warren, um, I guess when he suspended Alan Griffin, and for those that don't know, Alan Griffin, uh, guard for Illinois, he stepped on the chest of a Purdue player. It was a horrible, stupid thing to do. Um, I guess he didn't even contact Illinois. He just announced it. So they found out when everyone else found out. Interesting. Which I guess Underwood was pretty Upset well, you, about I that. Would, I would think he would be. Yeah. So yeah. I think uh, Kevin's learning the ropes can't, can't on the job that. training, I guess. Hence the reason might maybe why he's a little silent. I yeah. Mean, I, I, you know, we think these guys that wind up being coaches, athletic directors, even I would say commissioners of a conference, like we think they're going to be this polished yeah. gem right when they get these jobs. They have to learn through jobs just like the rest of us. Yeah. He's probably doing the same thing. Here. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that'll get us into our teams. Yeah. Um, so, oh, pause. Who, That's right. Whose idea was it for? It's I got Eric Townsley. Yeah. Shit. And he... All right. So that gets us into our uh, two team pod. Um, so I want to first give a shout out to Eric Townsley. This is a crowdsourced idea. Embarrassingly, Kurt and I didn't think about this idea. Um, so we're obviously going to do our two favorite teams, Missouri and Iowa state. Oh no, <laughs> no, no, no jokes, jokes. No. Obviously it is, uh, Illinois fighting Illini and the Iowa Hawkeyes. So yeah, that was cool. Uh, Eric, good job. Yeah, Thanks man. Eric. That was it. That was it. We, I, we were just going to do this. I mean, the, I can't, I can't believe we didn't think about it. No, we're, that's dumb. We're, we're not thinking outside the box very well with that. So. No, but that's why we have awesome listeners. And we do. That's right. We have freaking amazing listeners. So they thought of something, thought of it for us. So we're going to head and roll with that. So first up, we have got the Illinois Fighting Illini. Preseason over-under was four games. They went 6-6 six and six in the regular season. Wound up 6-7 and seven overall with the tough bull loss. Yeah, this was out of nowhere. It was kind of out of nowhere before the season. It was out of nowhere halfway through the season. I mean, too. it was more out of nowhere halfway through the season than it was preseason. I, you know, as an Illinois fan, I follow obviously very closely. Um, I didn't think people were giving them enough credit preseason, but there was a ton of questions. I mean, it was valid to expect them to not make a bowl game, but I thought that there was a possibility. I mean, my preseason prediction for them was five and seven with two wins in the Big Ten. So I didn't have them, you know, having their traditional crap season. I thought they were going to be more competitive. Um, I had them, if you remember, I had them five and seven as well with them missing out on a bowl 
because of a loss to Northwestern. That's right. So that was darn close, but they they snuck in a victory in the year that I don't think anybody saw coming, which got you know obviously helped them get to the six win. Well, to be honest with you, when, preseason I'll go through and I'll say okay. Here's the games that are yeah. winnable. Every, here's, here's, every the ones, fan does that. here's the ones we're gonna win. Yeah. Here's the ones that are winnable. Here's the ones that are totally unwinnable. Zero chance we win these games. I had two of those games that ended up being wins. Wisconsin and Michigan State on the right. road, Michigan State. That's right. I, I and, and and in retrospect, obviously Michigan State didn't appear to be as unwinnable sure. of a game. As it was, but preseason, yes, I totally understand because it was on on the road. It was too? on the road, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, if it was at home, I probably wouldn't have said unwinnable. But Michigan State of the road, that but to never re- looks good. To reset the season, so Illinois starts out two and zero, stomps Akron. We don't know how good Akron is at the time. Beats UConn. Well, I think we, we knew. I think we, we knew Akron was bad. Well, but you know, I mean, you don't really know how bad. But uh, yeah, so they start out two and zero. And, you know, Big Kurt and Illini fans felt good. That Eastern Michigan loss mm, mm. was, I, I, well, there's two viable candidates, but I think that was the lowest I saw you all, all season long. Uh, Yeah, that was probably my low. Do you think? There it's were, like 1A and 1B for lows. Because Northwestern, we already qualified for a bowl game. Right. So how low, you know. The, it, right. So there were two black eyes on the seas. Correct. I mean, let's be honest. Eastern Michigan was an embarrassing loss because they ended up not even being a very good team. They right. did make a bowl. They squeaked into a bowl, but they were like dead last in their division l- late into the season. Right. I don't even know how they made a bowl. I mean, what a what a, an incredible run that was. But then the Northwestern game just totally laid an egg there. So that's that's affecting my grade big time here. Okay. Um. And then then a heartbreaker. To Nebraska at home, yeah, um, it was winnable kind of game. Back and forth oh, in that but game, such but... a uh, Nebraska was trying to give you the game, and you said, "No, we do not want to win this game. We want you to win this game." And then a a pasting—that's the best way I can put it—to Minnesota. A nice microcosm of that Minnesota game would be just look at Brandon Peters coming off of the field. When he had he, the dazed, thousand yards and confused. Yes, th- that's how the entire team was that day. And the fan base. And the fans, yes. Uh, also the one sitting across the table from me. Nobody in their right mind thought they were going to beat, thought the Illini were going to beat Michigan, and they didn't. But so you know what? That was the turning point of the season. It was. Because that they were is getting... the weirdest thing. Like, I feel like it was one of those, I need to remember this stuff because if you see a team that shows life in a game, I'm looking at this from handicap purposes, but just overall, like maybe try to pay attention to that because, you know, at the time and what we're talking about here is Michigan came out and was running all over 28, nothing, I think. But then Illinois storm stormed all the way back that they made that a viable like it, it, it was making Michigan fans sweat at some point. And remember, that was Matt Robinson, at quarterback. Which they crazy. did that with, which is crazy. It, totally crazy to think Especially about how the rest of the year played out. They scored 25 on answer. They basically won that game in the second and third quarters. They were, they were beating Michigan. They were outplaying Michigan. And yep. then Michigan woke up and, and, you know, eventually won the game by, I think it was like 10 points. They kind of won it comfortably. It was actually a closer game than it, than the score turned out to be. So, so we all still took that as, okay, this is a two and four Illini team, Michigan, uh, uh, Started the game, fell asleep, woke back up. Like, that was the story 
Lovey was a dead man walking. Absolutely, here. I thought I, I was already thinking who's the next coach. I was. I mean, I, was going I, I wonder candidates. what I wonder what the odds were in Vegas at that point. Oh, okay. fifty to one that he would have kept his job. Oh, it had to be. Yes, something like that. I it, mean, it would twenty-five have to, to one be. at least. I, I would say at least twenty-five. Yeah, and then <laughs> twenty-four, twenty-three. Shot heard around the world, man. This was around the college football world. I mean, that was the upset of the year in college football. It might be the upset of the year three, four years previous and the next three, four years. Yeah, I mean, I, I, especially if you, well, if you look at, you know, power five versus power five, like you just don't get that, that biggest spreads. I would, lo- I would love to know what, what was the, the last larger power five spread. Yeah, it's up there. I mean, when we broke down Wisconsin, we talked about it too, but like th- this wasn't just a pretty good Wisconsin team at this point. This, this was a Wisconsin team that was laying waste <laughs> to everybody. The only team that was like kind of mucked it up a little bit with them at that point was North Northwestern. Northwestern, sure. But then Illinois did the, they found the, we get turnovers and it charges up our whole team. That was the the day that kind of was born. I mean, they were turning, they were turning people over before that. Don't get me wrong, but this is when it like sprung into life. It, it certainly did. And then they, they went into Purdue and they just, they absolutely manhandled Purdue in West Lafayette. So that's when you knew, okay, we've got something going here. So how crazy is this? You want to talk about streaks, right? Two up. Yep. Four down. Yep. Four up. Yep. So four wins in a row, Wisconsin, Purdue, Rutgers. Though, uh, and like uh, you said, Purdue and Rutgers, those were, they, they, you know, ran them out of the stadium type of deal. Um, I remember you having, you know, a realistic, optimistic view of that Michigan going into it. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, you know, I remember you saying, "No, it's, it's, it's not stupid for me to think they're going to win this game." And sure. I'm like, "No, I'm not going to try to talk you out of that. I, I, I could see him win. It, you know, Michigan State's struggling. I mean, that is one of those deals where that's what college football is. You can't, you can't put too much into one game. Meaning, I, I think I'll be able to explain myself. Like Illinois was moving." fastly up oh yeah and michigan state was trending was, now was, and and who knows like this game gets played three weeks earlier oh michigan we could have state had a completely different yeah yeah definitely but, but yeah you're right but you play the hey you play the games when the games are played that's right but it's streaky year yeah two up four down four up three down at the end of the year and then three down at the end so of the year. that the end of the year is going to factor in for me in my grade eastern michigan's factoring northwestern's gonna factor in okay. big time okay. but you have to give them a good grade yes I mean, yes. they overachieved what what I thought they would do. They overachieved what the national media thought they would do. I think they overachieved, except with the exception of the most diehard Illini fan. I think they overachieved everybody's expectations. Yeah, I mean, they over and you know, speaking of pulling off, you know, a six and six, a bowl berth in what is a very tough conference. Um, I mean, they're playing Iowa, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. Right, you want to talk about tough schedules? All four of those teams won nine games or more, Oof. and not to mention uh, uh, Michigan State, another bowl, another bowl team. You know, yeah. what I'm saying so. It's not like it was the easiest scheduler, but they pulled that off with being 115th in the country. It's amazing in total offense, and not bad, but 77th in total defense. Um, you know, this as far as the stats that that uh, uh, 
uh, look good for them. It's mm-hmm. basically the turnover I know. ratio, which is, you know, if you, is it no wonder that coaches put so much emphasis in controlling and being on the plus on turnovers? Yeah, and unfortunately, that's one of those things that it, it tends to even out eventually, which we talked about all year, and that's why they started losing at the end of the year because they stopped turning the ball over. So yeah, sp- speaking of stats, which one doesn't look like the others? It took me a second to find it. They were number twelfth in the country in turnover margin. I mean, that, and they were they were number one deep into the season. Correct. It it they kind of gave away the title, just like yep. you said at the end of the right. year. So, but you know what? Um, you find a way to win. You find a way to to make it happen. And I want to say, like, the offensive numbers would have been better had Brandon Peters been sure. able to stay on the field more often. Well, and that's that's one of these things. Um, what, Illinois is like Maryland. Is they they just cannot catch breaks. With health, it's every every year. It just seems like okay, you know, we had a bad luck this year with injuries. It's got to be better next year, but it just never is. I mean, the, the one, two, and three wide receivers on the team all out for the year. All three of them, one of their top two running backs out for the year. Brandon Peters in and out of the lineup the whole year. Um, defensively ravaged with injuries. You just wonder will this ever stop? I mean, if they could get one year where they get kind of lucky on injuries, I just would like to see how they do. What would a healthy and Upper class Illinois know. fighting Illini football team look like? We maybe, don't know. Maybe they'd I, be good. I don't know. <laughs> the uh, the injuries played uh, heartily into me. Sorry, I mean, but you know, playing Cal in the bowl game because I was just like, oh. this they're they're limping uh, into yeah. this game. Absolutely. Um, as far as team stud, mm-hmm. um, this is tough. I I'm kind of interested. It's a tough one. Uh, you know, I just I'm not going to pick Brandon Peters, but okay. I want to give a shout out to oh, Brandon yeah. Peters because. He, he might not be the team stud, but he is the team tough dude. He certainly was. This so year. I want to make sure that. But for me, I went with wide receiver Josh or Matter Bebe. Uh, 634 yards receiving nine touchdowns. Did I get this right? Only 33 catches he did that on. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Which is crazy because, like, he, it, did, it seemed like more, right? It seemed like more, but he had he, he a was huge in the... catch in the Wisconsin game. Huge catch in the Michigan State yes. game. Like, uh, don't forget, uh, was it um, Eastern Michigan that, that yeah, like, he, he kinda, did have a huge catch in yeah. that game too. That yeah, so that was my choice. But I'm kind of wondering, do you got somebody different? So I do have someone different. Okay. I did list Bebe. I listed a Daley Harding. You know, he got yes, a lot of Daley love. Harding, Daley but Harding. honestly, Daley Harding criminally underrated as far as Big Ten fans knowing how good of a defender he was. Probably. He was, he was very good. But you want to know the thing? He probably was not their best defender. Jake Han- or Their best linebacker, Jake Hansen, was having actually a better year until he got injured. Right. But I'm going with a little bit of a deep cut here. I'm going Jamal Milan. Oh. Okay. I don't. I think Jamal Milan is the most underrated player on the team. Interesting. Be, he's a defensive tackle. You don't get a lot of love as a defensive tackle, but... The reason that Milan, I'm sorry, that Harding and Hanson had such good years is the defensive tackle play was really good. And it was mostly Jamal Milan doing the d- disrupting up front. He had an amazing year. Is he back? No, he's gone. Okay. Yeah. All right. Do you want to move on from Team Stud? I, I think I'm ready to move on. Yeah? Yeah. Are, are, are you sure? Nobody else you want to mention? Um. <laughs> huh? Okay, Blake Hayes. There you go. But no, he's not my there. official. <laughs> Okay. I, thank you for bringing that yeah, up. He we des- he needed to be mentioned. Yeah. Right. Did you think I was going to choose him? <laughs> yes, I did. That was okay, what I thought okay. your choice was going to no, be. No, I'm going to Jamal Milan. All right. So obviously, you know, the the best game, best moment, I mean, I I I think it goes without question that it was beating Wisconsin. Okay, I'm going with something a little different. Yeah? I'm going the comeback. 
uh, Michigan uh, State. Michigan yeah, State. Because, I get it. Um, I get it. I, so I actually have it in my notes. Wisconsin was special mention to Michigan State. So you're actually okay. doing my special mention for me. And here's why I'm going there. Because that's the day they clinched their bowl berth. So, you know, it's it was great to beat Wisconsin. But does it really mean that much if you don't even go to a bowl game? For me, Michigan State, th- that was my big moment. Gotcha. God, I, I watched that game like six times. Yeah, absolutely. That's I mean, what, I, I, that's what don't, fans do. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I watched Wisconsin probably three times, but I watched Michigan State six times. It was a better game. Yeah, oh, my God. It was such way, a, more, way more exciting. Oh, what game. a great game. Yeah. Um. So biggest thing looking back, obviously, Lovey shaving his beard. I'm sorry. I, I it, But it was it. I was going to say my joke is it wasn't Lovey shaving his beard. It was Lovey saving his butt. Yes. Is basically how that went down. Absolutely. Um. I mean, Nobody saw it come. That's the biggest thing. Like, he was done. That was it. I know we already talked about but, like, it's almost like it's just now it's just people have moved on from it. It's kind of like you want to go back and be like, no, guys, you don't get it. Like, it was over. This this coaching tenure was over. It's okay as a fan to, like, lose faith and say, I don't think this is working out, but still be happy when it does work out. Like, it's okay to be wrong and still be happy about it. I see a lot of people getting criticized on Twitter for that kind of stuff. I will admit, I was I was going through – my Rolodex, who's the next coach? Would this guy be a good hire? Would that guy be? I'd given up. There's no way he's going to make it. We're, yep. we're going to have to make a change. Yep. Miraculous. But And I think even amongst Big Ten West fans, um, everybody likes Lovey. I, I don't know how you can't like yeah, the guy. So, I and mean, it was cool to see him it smile. Just, it's just like an Iowa fan or a Wisconsin fan or a Nebraska fan, they're all going to sit there and be like, oh, man, I hope – I hope Lovey does good, but just not against my team. Right. You know, like, I yeah. mean, that's what everybody thinks. It's cool so. to see him smile twice this year. He got two smiles in? Got two smiles. Uh, the biggest thing looking forward is can can the foundation stay? You know, like, uh, I, I I don't mean to, you know, put put parameters on this, but I don't think anybody's expecting a leap up to 10 wins next year, but another bowl. Maybe have to an, uh, maybe a six and six year with a bowl win or something like like they're set up with a very senior laden roster. They've got a more manageable schedule next year, believe it or not, even th- than last year. Yeah, they, they have to have another good year. And the other thing is th- this coming year is going to be when they can hit in recruiting you know, uh, springboard from the bowl game, but also with the new facility, the combination of those two, this is the cycle when they really need to take advantage of it. So they need to start fast next year. No Eastern Michigan losses early in the year. Very much so. I would say their two biggest things are start fast and stay healthy. Yes. Um, Now, for me, the biggest question overall, I'm just looking at them. I'm trying to look as a non-fan. If I'm looking at this program, what do they have that's separating themselves, that's that's elevating them? Do they, do they have, like, a coaching advantage? No, I don't think so. Do they have, like, you know, game-breaking player advantage? No. They've got to start improving their recruiting. Okay. They just have to. Yeah. If they if they want to take that next step. But they got the they got the new st- uh, um, athletic complex. So. New facility. That's not oh, bad. Yeah. The Smith Center. Um, so team grade, I, I bet, just do – by and large, I'm struggling more with these team grades than I thought I would. Really? Um, I'm pretty pretty fast. Really? Just, well, my first thought- I would say I'm I'm within one or two, you know. But like, so for me, with uh, Illinois, I- I'm I'm between a a B and a B minus. Mm-hmm. I could be talked either way. Certainly, I would have given them a B or B plus had they either won the bowl or oh, beat yeah. Northwestern. A- absolutely. To have finished the year stronger 
would have gotten me up there. But yeah. I think because of that, I'm going to err towards a B minus. I'm, I'm a B minus, a really? solid okay. B minus. Yeah. You have to give them a B because you have to give them a good grade. They had a they good year. They went two games up over what their season over under was supposed to yep. be. Yep, but then you look at that ugly Eastern Michigan loss and that ugly Northwestern loss, and you, you think this team could have won eight games. It could have won eight games. So I have to go on the minus. I have to give them the worst good grade possible. Yeah, okay. The B worst minus. good grade possible. That's, that's right. That's perfect. That's perfectly worded. All right, so that will move us on to the Iowa Hawkeyes preseason over-under 7.5. Actual regular season record was 9-3, 10-3 overall with the bowl victory. Thoughts? Well, t- for starters, I had them pegged at 9-3. and three. That, that was my preseason prediction, so which, is, which is what they were yep. in, in the regular season. I had them finishing seven and two first in the West. They finished six and three and came in third, I believe, third third in the West. Or tied for second. I mean, no. No, because Minnesota third, was, a, yeah. was a solid Third second. in the West. Yep. So I, I was pretty much right on with my prediction. So I guess that's going to factor into my grade, right? Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I had, I had them nine and three. But I had them nine and three, but I believe I had both them and Wisconsin nine and three with Wisconsin going to the I can't remember okay. if I had them or I, I know I had them in Wisconsin tied for first in the division. I gotta be honest with you, I can't remember who I had going. Um so to start the year out, you know, going back and kind of going through the schedule, they start out four and Um always good to start out four and And now you look back and okay, two of the teams that were mixed in there are Rutgers and Middle Tennessee State. Uh, those teams are are bad, and they beat them a collective 78-3. to So is, that's what you're supposed to do to bad teams, right? I think that's a pass. Okay. Passing um, grade. They beat Miami of Ohio 38-14. You know what? Miami of Ohio wound up being – They're pretty solid. That's a good de- – I mean, yeah. I don't know how, you, you know, how you're ever supposed to compare a good to pretty darn good Big Ten team to a good to pretty good – Mac team, you you obviously expect the Big Ten team to to win, but that's not a you don't just roll your helmet out no, versus a quality you know group of five teams. Well, like and that. winning by twenty four points against a quality Mac team is, is that's another good victory, right? Um, and then mixed in there, definitely the most fun victory of the first four was going into Ames, beating Iowa State for the fifth time. I'm looking at this squarely as a Hawkeye fan, but that's a, that's a rival. That's an obvious rival. Beating them fight for the fifth time in a row, giving Man in Black Matt Campbell his fourth L in the in yep. the series, uh, and then the fact that it happened on was- Iowa State's only game day in their history of their football program—that's just a shame. Yeah, it, I mean, great day for Hawkeye fans. Um, good start to the season, but then at Michigan. Yeah. Um, now Michigan, remember at this time, was was not looking very good, right? No. No, they had just trounced uh, Rutgers the week before okay. to get back into the swing of things a little bit. Now, um, had they already lost? Had they already gotten their butts kicked by oh, yeah. Wisconsin? Yep. Yes. So, so we kind of knew who Michigan was at this point, to a certain degree. Yeah. So, but Michigan. Well, I don't know about. I don't think Michigan knew who Michigan. Yeah, were, that's true. Were at that point, but, but you're on the road. You lose a close, hard-fought game by seven points to Michigan. Okay, you know, not not a bad loss, but. It it was a bad loss because it was so ugly to watch. Oh, it was um, hard to watch. Um, the rushing wasn't as bad as the stats seemed. The stats seemed bad because 
I was getting sacked seemingly every other play. That's what it felt like yeah. as a fan. So, yeah, that was rough. Then you come home, night game, to play Penn State. Um, and To a certain degree, we didn't know exactly how good Penn State was. This turned out to be a very, very, very good Penn State team. Lost that by one score. I mean, Iowa kind of had a comeback at the end to make it one score. But anyways, I don't think anybody at the time didn't think Penn State was good. I mean, I think we knew Penn State was good. That was two ranked teams. Uh, so, yeah, you start out 4-0. and Then you drop two in a row. So they're sitting there at 4-2. and The hard part about that is... That, that's a tough that's a tough schedule right there, right? Is that fair well, to say and, playing a Iowa State up to that point was either ranked in some polls or fringe mm-hmm. ranked team? I mean, you, you get Iowa State, Michigan on the road, Penn State at home for three of your first uh, six games. That's that's pretty tough. So I think if you're a Hawkeye fan, you're looking at that preseason seven point five over under, right? And you. Th- it's a tough schedule. That was that was a pretty solid number there. Even though I w- I chose them to go nine and three, I mean this was a difficult schedule. It was Very Factor heavily into my uh, grade. Okay, uh, then Purdue, and that was no win that most Iowa fans just took for granted. Uh, Jeff Brown, the witch, has had Ference's number. Beat him the year before, right? Yep. So it was awesome to get that win. Um, Northwestern on the road. Uh, that was. It was 20 to nothing, but it was worse than that. Like, Northwestern could not do anything sure. at this point. Uh, another thing to kind of point out here is, at this point, Iowa's held their opponents to 14-0, 17-3, 10, 17, and 20 points and zero. Again, two shutouts. Yeah. This started the Iowa's defense holding their opponents to the lowest point total of the season. This this is where that got to be a thing yeah. a little bit there. So Iowa gets some momentum back. Then they go on the road to Camp Randall and get beat by Wisconsin 24-22. Had they been able to uh, convert a two-point conversion that was it had to have been on mm. the half yard line. I actually liked the play call. It was a yeah. it was a Nate Stanley keeper essentially out of a passing formation. Sure. It was damn close. Um, that was, that I, I, I was, I was, uh, dejected. That was, is that was the, definitely the lowest point of the season for me. And I would say pretty much any, every, I agree with the low point. And to me, that's like, that's my biggest negative of the season is they still couldn't beat Wisconsin. Yeah. That's been the biggest negative of the last four seasons. So that's my point is like, they got this monkey on their back and they, they were right there on the precipice of that game and they just couldn't get it done. Yeah. Um, there's like polls or people will ask, you know, what's the, the game you want to win? And I, I think they like they like other fans think Iowa fans are going to like spread it evenly between Iowa State, Nebraska, Minnesota and Wisconsin. Sure. Like right now, it's 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 got to be Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, that's you every it'll be the same thing going into next year. That's the team you got to beat. And the fact that they haven't been able to do it yep. sucks. Um, with that being said, this is where I would like to give a shout out to the coaches and players because they were done at that point. They're not going to Indianapolis. It's not crazy to see football teams that get put into this position to just fold the tent and go. Uh, Nate Stanley, very uh, sternly, and that's not his type of personality, said our goal now is to get to 10 wins. Like they reset the goal and then they went to work. And I like you got to. It was impressive. Okay, so I, I mean, I, obviously season. I'm looking I mean, this through black and gold colored glasses, but it was 
they 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 kept at it. They they got better. They absolutely kept at it. I mean, they they culminated the season. I mean, it, we'll get to it. Yeah. But I mean, the way they finished the season was was incredible. Like you, when you look at after you know getting your your proverbial jewels ripped out of you know your body, you come home to then play red hot Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota had just gotten off beating Penn State. That's right. Um, they were undefeated at they that were point. undefeated at yeah. that point like this was a Minnesota team that was just rolling and I was at this game night game in Kinnick couldn't have been more electric in that stadium um, big win I don't know what to say it was well okay so it was a big win and then you get red hot Illinois who is just for like thank they- you for pointing that out because I was gonna say it but I didn't want to steal Illinois Thunder they were four that, games in a row that, at that, that point. That, that game was petrifying to, to I, I would admit. It was to this Iowa fan. And think about how if you're if you're an Iowa fan, you're thinking, holy crap, we just smoked those guys 63 to nothing last year. They're gonna be pissed. And they were. Like they, were. they came out and played absolutely. A tough game. Daley Hardy made like 74 tackles yeah, in that game. I think game, it was, 70, it was 73, 73, I think. Yeah. 73. So then in kind of along the same lines, then the week after that, then they go have a short week. Traveled to Lincoln to play Nebraska. Nebraska just beaten Maryland. Yep. They and they and Nebraska, I would even say, found some offense against Wisconsin the week before. Now keep that. in mind they had they were at five wins. They were trying to say. beat their rival and they were trying to get to a bowl game. And if you remember what I said before that game, this would save their season. This Absolutely. would salve, a win would salvage their season. I I I would say. Most of the cards in the deck were stacked towards Nebraska for that game. Fighting for a bowl, playing the game at home. I mean, both teams are coming off a short week, but doesn't it? It's a little bit tougher for the one team to come off a short week and then travel. I would think. I, th- I would to think a so. Yeah. Degree. Um, and then Iowa came out fast in that game, built a a big lead. Nebraska obviously very much came back, and then the last second field goal, uh, kiss to the crowd and yep. to the coaching staff by Keith Duncan. I could have done without that, to be completely honest with you. But yeah, I don't like the showboating and showing and showing people off. I mean, I want to shove it in their I face. I want a confident player, but anyways, but that was a that was a tough environment to get a win. That got them to nine wins. I think they were going to the Holiday Bowl, whether or not they won or lost that game. Yeah. To be quite honest with you, but then you enter the Holiday Bowl Friday night game with a chance to get to ten wins. And not only do they get by USC, they 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 beat the brakes off them in that second half. There. So you want to go to the best moment or so best game? Go for it. I think it's the USC game. Okay. I think it's the and and you know how I feel about bowl games. Yeah. I think just them first of all getting to the tenth win, but also just really owning uh, the, the the Trojans in that bowl game. Okay. I, I for me so, that's I mean I thought about the pig, but so I was just gonna say there's a lot of good choices like I know if I when Iowa fans so any any fan wants a championship obviously to start the season out whether it's a division championship conference championship obviously a natty would be amazing but like it Iowa fans are disappointed that they didn't looking at the last two years I believe Iowa had a good enough team to at least get to Indianapolis yeah I don't, I don't that's think they would have pr- beat, beat Ohio State this year but I mean I, I, get I to, so I picked them to win the West right so, but with that being said, th- they don't just give out 10 win seasons all the time. So I think when Iowa fans look back on the season, there's a lot of good memories and you kind of already touched on them, but you know, the goofy way the Iowa state game ended to get a win there, 
the Floyd game, mm-hmm. Nebraska, uh, uh, last second field goal, and then winning the bowl game. So, whereas I think the USC game was the most fun moment of yeah. the season, the biggest for me, the biggest game was Minnesota. Okay. Because had we lost that game, I think then you could have seen a snowball sure. happen there. So it like restarted and recharged the the the, the season. Um, the ironic thing about it is Iowa didn't get good enough to get to Indianapolis until it was too late to get to Indianapolis. Yeah. Because that team was good enough to win by the end by of the, the year. End of the yeah, year. I would say that's probably fair. So that would that would be my thing. Um the biggest thing looking back was interior offensive line play. Oh sure. It's terrible. It, it I've I can't remember the last time I've seen like it was just blatant missed tackles by either the left or right guard. Right. The tackles were solid. Right. The center is an unbelievable. There it was like they just took turns being a turnstile at different times at so left and right guard. I basically just have why couldn't they run the ball better? That's my biggest question. And it was because of the interior yeah. line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- that was the reason, but I, like it was it the was lack weird, of running like, game to me is it, is the biggest problem looking back. There there's two guys uh uh, shooter, I can't think of his name, and then Cody Ince. Like these were guys that Iowa fans didn't even hardly know. Okay, but they started the year out as the starting guards. Yeah. Then they go down for injury. Justin Britt is like star freshman. He wasn't ready. Like just like that, right? You like you, you sit there in the season. You're like, oh god, I, I hope my quarterback doesn't. I, yep. I hope the wide receiver, whatever. You know, starting middle linebacker. It's pretty big deal when your guards go down. It, it turns out they're pretty important. It, it it was it was insane. I mean, it just absolutely derailed the season. So to me, that was the biggest kind of thing. I thought, why not back. run more quarterback sneaks on first down? <laughs> <laughs> that is that was a good thing. Looking back, is just the third and one, fourth and one, six yards by the quarterback. The quarterback. So sneaks. yeah, you know, it was funny because like I only thought Iowa fans noticed that, but other oh, fans no. noticed it. It was it's it it's was funny. Crazy. You know, Dustin Shooty was was he mentioned like how Iowa would get four yards, and I was thinking four. It was more like six. Yeah, it, was, it felt like that. It seemed like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, you know, think once things uh, got settled down, um, really good freshman running back and Tyler Goodson. He kind of took over. The wide receivers came more alive. That was kind of how things ended up on the season. The biggest thing going forward, um, I I, I kind of got two. If that's okay. Okay. I, AJ Epinesa being gone, like oh, yeah. I, I have always been the type to, whenever I, when Iowa lost tight ends last year, Fan Hawkinson, people were just it just nonstop talking about that. I'm like, you know, I think we'll be okay, dude. AJ Epinesa being gone, he's irreplaceable. Yes, he's that good. It, it is a cratered hole that he leaves. Absolutely, he, he basically won three games down the stretch. It seemed like it. I mean, and I have said this many times when the, the, when they really needed him the most that he always came through Minnesota sack. Oh yeah. Uh, Nebraska sack. Uh, uh, USC knocks the quarterback out of the game. Oh, by the way, there was a wide receiver running completely free down the field yeah. on that play. If he didn't knock Slovis out of the game right there, that was mm-hmm. completely. So him being gone, it is a big thing. The other thing looking for it, it's the same thing that's always looking for it is, you know, there's obviously a, a confidence by Iowa fans that the defense is probably going to be pretty good in 2020. I know we're talking about AJ Vanessa being gone, but like, even if the 
uh, Iowa defense drops back, which I expect them to drop back, they could still be a top 20 defense and take a step back. Yeah. Or top 25. I need to see some more out of the offense. So that's what I have. My my biggest question is overall offensive philosophy. Do they need a major overhaul on offense? The typical thought process was too reliant on whatever they're doing in the zone running scheme. Yeah, I know that that's what you always Does hear. Does it need from... to be more hat on hat, pin and pull? But what about what about changing just the scheme in general? Like moving more away from pro um, personnel. They did and that move... last year. Okay, they did. They went out of way more eleven okay. personnel. There's barely a fullback on the roster. Okay. for next year, so things are looking like that is what's happening but i think the general thought process was we're not going to do this all in one season we're going to kind sure. of phase it out so are they starting to recruit more dual threat yes. type quarterbacks They're recruiting one right now okay but um we'll see if that i don't know if it would be so much more dual threat quarterback as it would be just more 11 personnel get uh, one more guy out of the box because you have an extra receiver out there we need to see more like it's Nate Stanley is gone. We, I, you have to, you know, if you're doing a season recap, I just want to give a, you know, a tip of the cap to Nate Stanley. But, yeah, sure. Um, you know, the thought process is the quarterback will be fine moving forward. Okay. If that's the case, then I want to see it. He's a good, he's going to be surrounded by very good weapons. He is, year. but, but it just, you know, having the run threat from a quarterback, just, it's like putting another person on the field. hundred percent. So I I just wonder, you know, is it Same time? Same thing holding Wisconsin back, yeah. right? Is it time? Is it time to, to make the switch? Many Iowa fans think it is. I would like to see a little bit more fleet-footedness yeah. from the Iowa quarterback. A little bit less lead-footedness. <laughs> yes. But yet somehow strong lead-footed and quarterback sneaks. But, yeah. you know, you can't count on that being out. So, so yeah, team grade. It, obviously, stud is AJ Epinesa, right? Oh, yeah, we, we didn't even do it. We, yeah. we, I, I literally didn't even write anything else. I just put team stud AJ Epinesa. Yeah. But, he had so I, a lot of sacks and a lot of tackles. I'm going to give out a, a, a shout-out to uh, Tristan Wirfs. Yes. Not not just for his, his play on the field, but for hang power cleaning 435, whatever, three, four yeah. times. Did you see that video of him doing a – he's laying on his back and he catapults himself yeah, yeah, up into yeah. a sitting or standing position. Like you're not supposed to be able to do that. No, he's not tackle. supposed to be able to do that. Uh, another shout out to the kicker too. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Great. I mean, dude, Keith Duncan. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, getting first team all of American, he got screwed on the girls. Absolutely but, screwed on the girls. Um, so team grade, it's tough to me. I'm going with a solid B. Okay. They overachieved. They basically, I mean, they, they did what I more or less predicted them to do that I, I did predict them to win the division they did not do that but they finished nine and three um so obviously a good season but the thing that I can't I can't give them a b plus or even an a is because they, they still are not beating Wisconsin I uh was this is another one where I was teetering between b and b plus um the reasoning behind a b plus would be you won 10 games you started the season ranked never got out of the rankings was ranked all year Winning 10 games versus that schedule yeah. is B-plus worthy. I thought about B-plus, but I just couldn't get past the Wisconsin loss. Okay. So, you know, I'm going to stick with a B-plus, but right. I could be very easily That's fair. talked into a B as well. Had they lost either Nebraska or the bowl game, I probably would have kicked it all the way down to a B or B-minus. I think I would have harshly swung it that much. Sure. But they finished strong when I think a lot of teams would have struggled to do that. Like I said, so. the, the USC game was the icing on the cake for the season for me. Okay. Anything more? That's it, baby. Uh, uh, did Did you know Illinois is in first place in basketball right now? 
I did know that. Okay, yeah. That's a- awesome. As by record. Yeah. Hey, you know what else? You know what I, I'm learning? Is that following sports can be fun. Yeah, it did I didn't know that. I did. Speaking of learning things, I really did think your center's name was pronounced Cockburn. Oh, I wish it was. Because <laughs> <laughs> my joke was going to be, if his, he's he's been playing awesome. He's I mean, pretty good. He's yeah. a stud. So I was going to say, is he living up to his name at Cockburn, or is he? Yeah, it's, is he in spite of his name? So Cockburn. The thing that me and my <laughs> friends always like because Cockburn sucks. It, well, Cockburn would suck, but we there's got to be a joke in that name, Kofi Cockburn, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pronounced Coburn, but like, yeah. The best I could come up with is Kofi makes my Cockburn. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind it's of. not quite. But there. you're right. Though. There should be. Something there's a in joke there. somewhere. I just, I just don't know. I what can't it is. find it. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, Kofi looks like probably the freshman of the year in the Big Ten. Um, since we're on basketball, not to you know leave it on too sour of a note, but like it sucks that Kobe Bryant passed away. Yeah, I know we this should is, probably mention. I, that. I just think like he's such a big deal. Like, and I just want so to I'm say, not an NBA fan at all. Like, I'll be honest with you, I probably never watched a Kobe game, like a full game. Oh, really? I don't think okay. one time. I actually believe, like, I was a huge NBA fan during the the Bulls sure. runs, and um, uh, Kobe, uh, the, like, to me, the limit of my basketball knowledge, like, I need a solid post and a solid point guard and, like, a solid two. Like, I don't like it when it gets all mo- – like, when everybody looks like a three or a four to me. I, just, I know. It's like helter-skelter. It doesn't yeah, make I, sense to Right. Me. I need a, a center, like a defined seven-foot center, right? So, and, 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 and a nice shooting guard. And that's what those Lakers teams were, they were. that they built around. So those were kind of the last NBA finals that I really kind of okay. got into. Um, anyways, like, I don't know if you have a bigger competitor in the history of – professional sports more than michael jordan even i would say you have people that are as big of a competitor okay larry bird comes to mind too right but as long as we're sticking but i can't say that either one of those guys were more competitive than kobe that's fair is that now they were maybe more successful i mean that's really stiff competition there by the way have you ever seen that cut up on twitter or just online somehow where they switch in between Kobe and Jordan. Oh, it was amazing. moves and plays. It is. I, I guess I never how, knew how how much he was like Jordan. It was It was insane. really creepy. Um, so uh, here's a question for you. Name a more shocking celebrity death. Like how far? The only one I can think of on that level is Princess Diana. That's up there. Um, it probably wasn't that shocking, but one that was crazy to me was... Um, when Chris Farley died. Yeah, but like anytime there's drugs involved, how surprised can you be? I understand. You know? And and this is so much more sad. Like I don't even want to talk about all the reasons it made it. It was just it, dude, it it literally took it it took the wind out of my sails for like three days. Yeah. It was it was hard. Um but uh yeah, I don't know. I mean as far as it was it's it's up. I mean like Prince again, drugs yeah. involved. My, Michael Jackson yeah, Just you like can't. That, that wasn't was terribly weird yeah. at the end. It, you know, like it was a big deal. Kirby Puckett was. I mean, Kirby that Puckett was pretty. Was but but he's old. he's not iconic in this the same way that Kobe. I mean, he is here. He's pretty. Yeah, but not globally. Kobe is global, man. The and, NBA. And is then a, just the way it happened. Like, well, that's the thing. The way it happened. That's why I think of Princess Diana. Probably, you know, yeah. car wreck, helicopter crash. Both, I think, were about the same age when they died. Um, yeah. That's the only one that that I can think of on that scale. Yeah, I couldn't think of anything bigger than that. Yep. So, um, anyways, 
This was the hundredth episode. This was the hundredth episode on yes. Big Podcast. So again, thank you very, very much for listening and downloading. I am Jeffrey the Greek, and I am Big Kurt. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. <laughs>